scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> guys uh, welcome to open shutters i'm barry marino i'm philip landry i'm jennifer lynn and we got a great episode for you tonight tonight we begin a new series called targeted while out lgbtq hate crimes we're doing this series because this is uh with june uh it's gay pride month and so all month long we're going to be covering some senseless gay bashings and murders uh, and things that were that affected the LGBT community. Also, this month's movie that we'll be reviewing is Boys Don't Cry, starring Hillary, starring Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff. <laughs> Hillary Swank. <Wait>. Oh, God. <laughs> no, that would be a whole different kind of movie. Maybe it's Hillary Clinton. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be definitely a different movie. <laughs> uh, Hillary Swank and Chloe Sevigny. But uh, tonight we... Uh, Tonight's uh, episode is going to cover uh, Matthew Shepard and the senseless bashing that he took and, and murder and everything like that. But before we go on to that, we have a few things we have to do. What are we talking about first, Philip? Well, Jennifer had a sort of an ordeal this past week. Yes, you did. Tell us about your ordeal, Jennifer. I was pushed. You were not pushed. <laughs> no, I, fell, I fell down the steps, messed up my kneecap. I can't walk. I'm in pain. I'm using a walker. And now um, she's staying with us and making our lives and miserable. And I'm staying with my cousin, making his life miserable. Extremely miserable. Extremely miserable. I almost wish I would have pushed her. You sure you didn't? <laughs> I still say I was pushed. Oh, no, no, no. I did not. I, I would never push you. Okay. Because I knew you would probably be staying here for uh, an extended amount for of extended time. For an extended amount of time. <laughs> no, but uh, all jokes aside, we took Jennifer to the doctor today. And what they said, you got to, in a couple of weeks, you're going to be doing some tests? Uh, MRI of the knee and an ultrasound. But you got good drugs, at least. I got good drugs this time. Yes. That's what counts. That's what counts. Because what they gave me before just wasn't even stopping the pain. So she seems a little loopy and says things like, whoa, man. It's the drugs. It's the drugs. <laughs> at least she's having a good time. At least uh, I'm having a good time. Yeah, well, yeah, well that's, the, um, that, that's the thing. At least somebody's having a good time. <laughs> well, tell me good times. What, what y'all been watching? Well, Jennifer and I actually been binging something together since she's she's uh, housebound and I was staying with her. And we started watching a, a show on Amazon Prime called Tell Me Your Secrets. We only have a couple of episodes in, but it's got a really great cast. It's got, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Lily Ray. Oh, I love Lily Ray. And uh, I got to get the... the um, the rest of this cast is um, but what's Amy the, Brenning. You remember her from from um, Chasing Amy and uh, okay. show, wait, what was it? Judging Amy. Oh, okay. And I think what was she on before? Um, was it uh, ER or uh, um, so uh, NYPD Blue? So how y'all like in this show? Tell me your. It's a very very good mu uh, murder mystery. Also in the cast is uh, Hamish Linklater. You know who he is. You ever saw that Julia Louise Dreyfus sitcom, The New Adventures of Old Christine? Oh, yeah. He played her brother, the real nerdy oh, kind of brother, oh, real brooding. Okay. okay. And I've seen him lately in things. He seems to be playing a lot of pervs. 
like per like in this one, he's playing a reformed rapist. I, I'm not giving any spoilers. Well, I hadn't just, even started watching that's that. That's known from beginning. Because I was binging the other thing on Prime, Panic. Panic. And is it Panic good? is really good. It is about I'm not giving anything away, but I just want to say it's about the small town and it's about uh, kinda if you like sort of those horror movies that sort of have a competitive nature to them. Yeah, we, actually, I want to talk about a horror movie I've seen. Horror, horror, horror show. I want to talk about a horror movie. But this, this is a show. It's not a movie. It's actual shows. So in our shout-outs, is a horror movie I want to mention that I watched today for the first time in years, and I had forgotten how good it was. Matter of fact, I don't remember it being as good as it was. I don't remember being as good as it was. But anyway, um, what are we doing now? What's this? Well, what was it? Well, no, what, you said you were watching something on Netflix as well. Yes, I stole. What did I, was it? I started on Netflix with. Um, so it was like Dirty John or something. Dirty John, the second season with Amanda Peet as Betty Broderick and and uh, Christian Slater as the husband. You know, Betty Broderick's that woman that murdered her husband and his new wife. He had left her for his secretary, hmm. and uh, they had done back. It, it, this happened back in the nineties. Actually, it's a case we're going to cover right now. She's she's known as the ultimate woman scorned, Ooh. and. Um, I, it, it was made into two TV movies back in the 90s, not long after it happened, starring Meredith Baxter, you know, the mom from, from Family uh, Family Ties, is it? With uh, the one with Alex Keaton? I think so. Family Ties, yeah. And uh, that one was pretty good, too, but Amanda Peet seems to be doing a really good job with the character also. Um, so where we at? Well, now? Jennifer told me. Well, one more show we want to mention is I binged the whole thing. I was like cracked out. I don't know if she finished it, but she said she started it. Sweet Tooth. Yes. Sweet Tooth. You, you hadn't finished it yet. No. Okay. Well, not that we would give any spoilers anyway, because we want other people to watch it. But it is really, really precious. And all I say is, it's about these. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but it's about these hybrid. Um, Babies that are half human, half animal that are born during a pandemic. That yes, goes on. They're so cute. And they're so yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. It's like really cute, and the whole show is really cute and well thought out. And I think it's based off some comic books actually. Yeah. DC. Oh. Yeah, DC comic books. Oh. I mean, I wish and Warner brother, Brothers put it out. I so. checked that out. I wish my brother looked like. But it must be on HBO It's a net. No, it's actually a Netflix show. So it's a contract. Because Warner, Warner stuff. Warner Brothers had this contract with Netflix, so it's actually a Netflix original. Ah, it sounds good. So you are enjoying good. it then. I'm enjoying it. But you're not done yet, so. I'm not done. You're yeah, and it's and it's totally. It looks like it's gonna have, hopefully, several more seasons. So anyway, uh, what, else, what else are we doing today? Well, you had a couple of shout-outs you had. Yes, I do. For a couple of... I've been listening to some other podcasts. I, mean, I got, my, you know, my new car, and I got the the, new, uh, the the Bluetooth thing, and it gives me... It opens up to, uh, to me, lends itself to be listening to podcasts. I love to listen to podcasts in the car. And I revisited a couple of them I used to live to before. One of them is morbid, of course. I'm going to talk more about that during the uh, case, because... That has more to do with it. But I'll, I'll, I'll listen to Florida Men on Florida Man. And that's the one about all the men, these all these men in Florida. It, it's, it's got like five hosts. And they all talk about things in Florida history and eccentric things. I never realized there was so much eccentricity in Florida. Florida's a crazy state. But this last um, <laughs> episode I watched was called, it was about a man. They called him the Da Vinci of Debris. 
and he was um, his name was um, what was his advanced name? Let's see, I got him here. He's called the Da Vinci of Debris, and he his name is a uh, Howard Solomon, and he built a castle out of scrap metal in a Florida swamp, and the castle still stands today, and it's a big tourist attraction. And a man's life. I'm not going to tell you too much. I want you guys to go to that podcast and listen to this episode because I really can't do this story justice like those guys did. That, uh, but it's, it's called Florida Man on Florida Florida Man on Florida Man. And also, I've talked to one of the hosts there, and he we have agreed we're going to do a, co- a collaboration one day. They're going to they, we're going to go through Zoom or Skype. And we're going to talk about of crime in Florida that we're going to cover together. That's going to be fun. That's something to look forward to. And uh, the other one I want is one of my favorite movie review podcasts called Late Night Frights. Now, I was I, I first listened to them for the Play Misty for me. And when, oh, that's when right. We I remember Misty you mentioning me. that, yeah. And I, this time I listened to, it was a movie I have not seen in years. You guys have heard of The Faculty. Yeah. yeah, I did. I listened to their review with the faculty. It's one of their newest episodes, and uh, I had forgot. I, I watched a movie and I forgot how good it was, and it had um, it had this really great cast. It was scary. Uh, Elijah Wood was one of the one of the kids. You you know who he is, right? Uh, Hobbit guy. Oh gosh, we like we don't know Frodo. Okay, come on, Frodo. Yeah. And uh, some of the other cast members include Jordana Brewster. You know, you've, you've seen her before, right? Uh, Clea, Clea Duvall. That is that 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 girl is. She, I remember her with the Invisible Girl on Buffy. And then what else was it? She was in. She was she was in um, that movie with Sarah Michelle Gellar. That was the from Japan, a remake of a Japanese, The Grudge. And uh, she also was an American Horror Story in the asylum as Sarah Paulson's girlfriend. The one that winds up betraying her when they put her in the asylum. Also, Laura Harris, you might remember her from um, uh, Dead Like Me. She played the Hollywood movie star that gets electrocuted or something. I don't know. And uh, Sean Hattesey, who was, uh, he's on that TV show Animal Kingdom. He played like the oldest son, and I think you know the, 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 that one with what's her name, Ellen. Oh, fuck, I can't remember that woman's name. That's a lot of names for her. And uh, Famke Jensen, you know her. She's in, in a lot of stuff. So it's pretty, it was a pretty good movie. I remember how I had forgotten how scary it was, and I really enjoyed it. But the, so I want you guys to go to this to this uh, site, fry, uh, fry, uh, late night frights. Now, all they do is horror movies and mysteries and sci-fi things. Really, really good. Sounds like a husband fun po- and, I think you're a husband and wife, if I'm not mistaken. It's a fun podcast. So anyway, where are we now, Philip? You got our obits for this week? Yes, I do. I have several. Which means we may not have many when we do the next podcast, the next show in two days. Well, that's okay. <laughs> oh, there's another thing I got I to gotta quote. We'll be in the interview tomorrow, and I got to give you guys the, the tea on that one, too. But first... We're going to do the obits. My first one is Robert Rodan. He's the actor who played Adam, the Frankenstein monster, on the original Dark Shadows back in 1968. He had a brief career 
Doc Shallows is the biggest thing he's done. He played the Frankenstein-like character, Adam. Uh, his death, death was announced on the Doc Shallows newsletter, um, Shadowgram. He was born in Newark, New Jersey. He was cast in this 1968 to play Adam in the ABC uh, daytime drama. And following the introduction of the vampire, witch, and various ghosts, Dan Kay's, Curtis Productions decided to add a storyline based on Frankenstein. And they had, like, scars on his head. He was really a very, very nice-looking man. But they had him all scarred up and everything. And we never saw much of him after that. He pretty much went into real estate and, and left acting. So, uh, Robert Rodan, another Dark Shadows, dead at 83. Rest in peace, Robert. All right, my next one is B.J. Thomas. He'll be back in the 60s again. He's a 60s singer. His big hit... He, his, most of his two big hits are Hooked on a Feeling and Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. You know, it was from the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And he was, uh, af after his pop, after his pop successes, he went on to, he became a born again Christian and went on to become a gospel singer. And he died of lung cancer at the age of 78. Rest in peace, B.J. Thomas. All right, who we got next? Oh, it's all—it's '60s week, isn't it? It must be. Clarence Williams III, star of the Mod Squad. You remember one black, one white, white, one blonde? Well, he's the last one. There was Michael Cole, Peggy Lipton, and Clarence Williams III. We lost Peggy Lipton a few years ago, yeah. and now we—I think we still—I think Michael Cole's still with us, if I'm not mistaken. But he was. Um, it was a show about three kids that get into trouble, and in order to avoid jail time, they become cops. And that's what they say, one black, one white, one blonde. And it ran from 1968 to 1973. Now, back in 1990, Williams was reunited with Peggy Lipton in the TV show Twin Peaks. Yep. Remember Twin Peaks? And so... um. He did. He did many different things. There's some um, what they called the black exploitation movies back in the seventies, and he also shared the stage with Maggie Smith in Night and Day in 1979. He uh, and one of the things modern day audiences will know him more as the Martician from Tales from the Hood, Tales from the Hood horror series. He's a he's a Martician. He's like the crypt keeper that tells all the stories. So anyway, rest in peace, Clarence Williams. He's dead at 81 years old. Now, last one. Now we're in the 70s. And um, you guys are going to know this guy had two big hit TV shows. Gavin McLeod. He was known for the part of the Murray Slaughter on the Mary Tyler Moore Show from 1970 to 1979. And then he became, uh, he, he started to play Captain Steubing on Love Boat in 1977, all the way up through to, to the 1990, it looks. Wow. Uh, you, you guys remember him, the ball-headed guy. Uh, he, um, he, made, he holds a record for, for consecutive long-running series. He went straight from Mary Tallimore to the Love Boat, and the actor's Captain Steubing was known for his signature salute. So Gavin McLeod, dead at eighty, at ninety, ninety. Oh. So anyway, that's all sixties and seventies stars. All of them, yeah.
Well, I guess it's just now, now they're all kind of reaching that age. Yeah, well, 90, but, 83, 81. Well, know. normally we only do obits, but we actually have to look at a birth this week. We do. We who, have to congratulate. Who was born? We have a royal birth. We have to congratulate Harry and Meghan on the birth of their little girl, their second child, a daughter. Well, then they leave royal life. Does she still have a title? I think the baby is still considered in the line because of the blood. Oh, okay. So, so they have a daughter, and he named her Lilybet Diana. Is she a princess? Be- I mean, well, I mean, technically, I'm not sure what they're going to do with the whole... I'm sure, though. Anyway, she still only has the blood, you know? Yeah, yeah, she does. But the name is really cute, Lilybet Diana. Lilybet is actually a nickname for Queen Elizabeth, current queen. And Diana, we all know, would have been oh, the yes. child's grandmother. Right. So it's a great combination of both the great-grandmother and the grandmother's name. Aww. So congratulations and welcome to the world, Lilibet so Diana. Aww. And it's kind of interesting segue for talking about royals for uh, the Spirit of the Week from Jennifer. So take it over, Yes, Jennifer. yes. Um, tonight I want to talk about the Spirit of Anne Boleyn. Ooh. And what I want you guys to do, I'm giving you a challenge, to email we us. a challenge? Yes. Reaching out to you guys to email us or add to our Twitter, our Twitter account, excuse me, and let us know what your decision is going to be. Okay, let me start with giving you a little background on Anne Boleyn. Anne Boleyn was the second wife of King Henry VIII. Yes. His first wife was Catherine of Aragon. She could not produce a male heir, so he kind of put her away, and Anne Boleyn caught his eye. Oh, yeah. So, he could not divorce his wife. The Pope wasn't going for it, but he wanted Anne Boleyn. So, that's how he created the Church of England, his own church. Yes. And Anne was very supportive of Protestantism, so she became the second wife. Now, a favorite of King Henry was Thomas Cromwell. And he was kind of jealous of Anne, taking his ear away from him and and she having the king's ear now. So, with many lies and rumors, he convinced the king that she was adulterous, she practiced witchcraft, And slept with her brother. Incest. Mm. So Henry bought this. And I think that the only... I think he knew better, but he had to get rid of her because what was her one and only crime? Not birthing a male. Yeah. She she birthed the future Queen Elizabeth I. Which was probably one of the greatest, not the greatest... Monarchs, yeah. <laughs> but she couldn't give him a male. Okay. So she was executed. So next. Beheaded, come on, huh? beheaded. She was beheaded. But he was very sympathetic. He just didn't have any old hatchet man from England. He got an export swordsman from France. So she didn't lean well, wasn't over. wasn't that nice of him. So she didn't have to lean over and her head fall in the basket. This expert swordsman just lopped her head off. Oh, did you see the portrayal of the the, the portrayal of this in the Tudors? Love that. I First off, I love Natalie Dormer as 
Natalie Dormer. I've never seen Wait, the Tudors. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, Natalie Dormer, you'll know her also. She, well, poor thing, she's always dying. Uh, but she played uh, Marjorie in um, Princess Marjorie and uh, Tyrell in, oh, yeah. Game in, in Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah. But she did amazing. Well, before that, in the Tudors, she played, portrayed Anne Boleyn, which was amazing. So, well, you talk about you talk about how somebody always dies. I just wanted to mention this. You know, we did Orphan the uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was like Isabel Furman's first movie, which she dies in. Every movie since she's been in, she's been in since she gets killed. Yeah. But she's right, the Hunger Games. But she's right about the execution because they showed that in there that they had gotten a special executioner to come in to kill her. Oh, that was so nice Still. of them. If I ever have a husband that wants to behead me, well, no, I hope but, he gets an but it was also the fact that I mean, she was probably the most high-profile beheading during his reign, during his reign. So, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jennifer. Okay. So, continuing, this is the part where you get to send in your opinion. It's my opinion that hidden in the fabric of ancient walls and floors remains an imprint of its previous inhabitants and events. Our souls and our energies leave imprints. An example of this would be if every Thursday at 9.30 you saw a man stab his wife to death as she fell down the steps and you saw that every Thursday at 9 o'clock, chances are it's not a ghost. It's a psychic imprint left by the traumatic events. Yeah. Um, so it's for this reason I think the ghost of Anne Boleyn has been seen and sensed in several locations around the UK. She had an enormous impact in the life and the change in England. So, what I'm, what I'm really feeling is that, and I'll give you listings later, is that she's not so much a ghost. A ghost is tethered to the place it was murdered, or to the place where it was loved, or to family members, or to their homes. Ghosts usually don't hop over here, hop over there, hop over there. They're usually tethered to a certain spot. Anne, however, is a happy bunny. She's really chopping. Give you a couple of examples is Anne Boleyn's ghost has been seen on numerous occasions at the Tower of London. It is said her ghost haunts the palace of her death, beheaded within the Tower of London on May 19th, 1536. So that could sound like a ghost, right? I mean, yeah, it's a ghostly activity. But she's also been at Hever Castle, Windsor Castle, Hampton Court, Rockford Hall, uh, Blickingley Hall, and her spirit has been seen beheaded. It's been seen with the head on the arm. She's actually been seen carried, and this is really not true, but she's also been seen carried in a carriage without a head. The driver had no head, and the horses had no head. So that sounds really unbelievable. That sounds, that sounds like something. That's a little on that one. So yeah. we, have, we have to decide, ladies and gentlemen, and that's why I'm reaching out to you guys. Tell us. Let us know what do you think. Do you think that Anne Boleyn is a ghost? tethered to a castle in particular? Or do you think that she is a psychic energy 
tethered to many places. Because her life was so dramatic, it was so. I have a feeling she might have been tethered to her daughter, though. That she could be tethered to her daughter. And yeah. that, and that's why, if you look at it, look at all the mysterious things that happen, and all of a sudden, Elizabeth the first was allowed to have that very long reign. Think about that. Yeah, that's true. But she's been seen in so many other places. It's possible to have a traumatic event at Windsor Castle and Rockford Hall. It's it's, it's not within the possible. It's not. It's not without the possibility that these plays held traumatic events. And what we're seeing in these five or six different locations is her psychic energy, her psychic imprint. Like you're watching a movie over and over in reruns. Like, like, like a soundbite. Yeah. Like a soundbite, as opposed to her actually being a ghost. Because I don't think I've never heard of ghosts splitting themselves up between so many different no. places. They would so have to I, have. They would have to have had attachment to certain things, so certain energy. I can understand them. if she was tethered to the Tower of London where she was executed. I don't believe that she's tethered to all these other places. I believe that's all psychic imprints. Yeah. All right. So, you have anything else? Are you done? I think I've left a lot of psychic imprints in high school. Oh. So once again, I really want to hear what you guys think. Ghost or psychic energy imprint. So please, uh, you can Facebook us and you can Twitter us or send us an email. Our Facebook address is openshutters um, open at yahoo.com and our Twitter is at a shutters. All right. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to mention. We're on Barcast tomorrow. This is a uh, comedy podcast that has interviews with stand-up comedians and other fascinating people. We're fascinating people. So we're going to be on tomorrow night. I believe we're live from 7.20 to 8.20. How do you like that? How fascinating you ready? I guess I'm ready. You ready to be fascinating? You're Does that mean that we're a fascinator? You, for are the you, re, you guys ready to be fascinating? I also wanted to mention a movie, an independent film, and I talked to the guy who was a producer and director. His name is... Um, I have to find this now again. The movie was called Zombie with a Shotgun, and his name is Hilton. Hilton Ariel Ruiz. Ruiz. Who did Hilton Ariel Ruiz? And I watched the movie and I was really impressed. I mean, what this guy did with a budget. You know, he had he had a very, very low budget. And the acting was really good and everything. So you guys watch this movie. It's on Amazon Prime. And uh, it's really, really good. It's really... Uh, I've seen Hollywood movies that can't, can't hold the can to it. Hilton, I support you. Okay, where are we now? We're are on... you going to tell the people about the Patreon account? Oh, you know, I always forget that Patreon account. It's becoming uh, like a routine now, isn't You're it? You're the one to set it up. Go tell the people. Tell All me. right, uh, we want we we'd like you guys to follow, give us some support. You know, we, like I said, we want to go to some of these conventions so we can take selfies with you and Selfie meet people like Ash and Elena and Orbit and and Mike, the son of a witch, and you guys just did the zombie movie and all these people that we've been talking to and I don't know what happened to our girls but they seem to have quit podcasting I don't hear them anymore but anyway um oh and also we gotta meet the Florida man we gotta like to meet them in person 
So our, our first here is Antoinette Frank. Like I said, we're named after notorious New Orleans murderers. So there's Antoinette Frank. That's our lowest tier, which is $5 a month. That's our entry level, we call it. Not our lowest tier, right? Yes. Philip, you're always talking so much, but you're so quiet right now. Then there's um, the Axeman, which is our mid-tier. That is $10 a month. But our premium tier is Madame Lalaure. $25 a month, but yes, you get thanks. a shitload of stuff. You get free merchandise. You get everything that we can possibly give you. So you're not just spending money for nothing. You're not just giving it to us. We are giving you something for our money. So our link is www.patreon.com slash open shutters. All right, now are you ready with your horoscopes? Oh, you know what time it is. It's horoscopes It's time. weekly horoscopes. We ought to have a little theme song for it. It's horoscope time. It's horoscope time. <laughs> All right, that's too much. <laughs> that's a little scary. I mean, for me, okay? Oh, come on. Even I, for me, and I write this shit. I thought it was adorable. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, we're going down by the sea. We're heading to the beach. Oh, yes. Yeah, summer. Yes, yeah, summer starts. We got the beach edition of Weekly Horoscope. Well, here in New Orleans. Summer started six weeks ago. Exactly. <laughs> so... Whether it's the Mississippi Gulf Coast or whether you're heading out to the Santa Monica Pier in California, or whether well, what about it's, Florida, where our Florida man, or those Florida. good those good beaches in 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 Florida, or even maybe in Hawaii, get ready, Aries. Oh, you leave the authorities with a treasure map to aid in the search for the body parts of your latest victim. Oh, all your filthy little secrets are sitting securely. And multiple treasure chests deep in the sand. Oh, good lord. That's too creepy. That is just, that's creepy on too many levels. Kind of reminds me, remember, like, the, the movie Seven, where they had, like, the head in the bottom. Oh, and he, he, he had the eyes wide. Except this is just, like, little treasure chests. Well, Gwyneth Patrick's head was in the box, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's fun. Ha ha happy hunting, or whatever. <laughs> head hunting. Head hunting or body part finger hunting, <laughs> penis hunting, whatever you look like. Well, we they chop them all up, that. whatever. Taurus, nothing like a moonlit stroll on the beach to take in what you think is bioluminescent algae, when in reality it is the reflection of lights from the UFOs ready to abduct your ass from the shore. Oh, my God. The UFOs again and those extra ET people. Oh, you heard that the, the government apparently put the report out on the, on the UFOs. But I don't think the report really told us as much as we were hoping. Yeah. So, I don't know. But maybe whoever tourists will find out a lot more about it. Maybe they'll it. find out and be able to tell us. Yeah. Have fun. We'll find out how well you were probed. <laughs> <laughs> Gemini. Well, that's a Roz. Gemini. Araj, yeah, he's here tonight, but he's not in the room yeah. with us. He might like this week, I don't know. Flashes of shimmering tails and melodies on the wind. He does like tails. It's the sirens calling you to the sea. In a trance, you're walking into a fatal wet dream. Oh, these women singing at him, huh? Yeah, he'll probably the like that. The mermaids singing at him. The mermaids. Songs. Yeah. Yes. They got mermen out there, too. Yeah, you know? we like any of them singing that. He'd probably think all of them, you know. He want them all, yeah. They can all flap around with him. Flap around, flop around. Flop around. Every, every around. Every yeah, swim well, circles around. One thing about mermen is they're fish from the waist down. Yeah, because they don't have any of uh, the good stuff. So, what's the point? 
Well, FTMs have a vagina, but they all hunky on the top. That's true. I guess. You've been with a merman before? I've been with sailors before. Oh, that's a whole other story. Okay. That's the closest (laughs) I've ever come. That's a whole... (laughs) And now they have to be blind sailors. Now they have to be... Well, the sailor I was with was kind of drunk. I'll admit to that. Well, talking about being with people, cancer! Oh, that's that's you, Barry. That's me. Well, here you go. Sex on the beach is your cocktail of choice and favorite activity with strangers. I don't like getting sand in the crowd. The person you lay with one second is gone the next. Even spirits enjoy a gritty rendezvous. Oh, that was me. Oh, well, all my exes are dead, so I'll probably get a shot at each one. What, you going to try to do like some epic Hollywood role in the sand kind of thing? I don't know. Yeah, there's one. Um, there's one ex I didn't really care, didn't want to speak, didn't, just the sex. And we could cut everything but the sex out of the relationship. It would have been perfect. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what else to say on that. Let's move to along. Yeah, let's Leo. go on. <laughs> yeah, let, we're getting into now ex now territory. Now let's go to Leo. Let's head to Leo. Leo, the signs say don't feed the birds. Heed that advice and don't even look in their direction. These seagulls out here are rather aggressive, and the flock will swarm into a circular colony to peck your eyes and flesh. Oh, my God. We don't want any. Oh, no. That's funny. I was actually listening to that podcast about the birds, and we were talking about pecking that man's eyes <laughs> yep, out. Yep, yep, yep. You know, man, the, one, the, uh, the mom finds him with his eyes pecked out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the birds. Virgo. You were invited to gather at a bonfire. This is Jennifer. This is Jennifer, yeah. yeah. At a bonfire on the beach. The party seems quite festive and raucous when you realize the group is preparing to throw you into the flames as a sacrifice to summon an underwater demon. Well, uh, well throwing her in the flames might make her knees stop hurting. Yeah. Well, I'm not a virgin, so is that still, still an acceptable sacrifice? For this underwater demon, most likely. Yeah. They don't care. No, I don't think they care. It's probably the demon of a drunk sailor. So they're going to throw an old lady in instead. An uh, old cripple lady <laughs> on a wall? Oh, this is the Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Fund. Please send me $1,000. I know you can afford it. You can do it for Jesus. You can do it for me. And, and, oh, Why don't you get a GoFundMe while you're at it? <laughs> You know how they abuse those GoFundMe oh, things. I want to do a billboard. You I lost do my job. Can you help me pay my rent? And Barry will take her money and throw her into the fire so that she can be sacrificed. Yes. So the money actually goes to Barry so that he can yes. take selfies with the fans. And I can buy a brand new wood chipper <laughs> while I'm at it, too. I'll leave my Because the dogs are going to be there. Oh, <laughs> my baby's oh, my God. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Well, talking about things that we're at, we've arrived at Libra. That was your mama. That was my mama. She would love this one. This is my mama. A romantic evening on the pier might as well be the kiss of death. Partner, a forceful push from you and a tumble over the rails will lead them to crack their skull on the rocks below. Oh, my God. As the waves lap over their body. The waves going to lap. That sounds like something your mama would do, huh? Do you ever want to do that to your dad back in the day? Well, you know, 
There's a funny story. My dad was giving her some grief. He was, she was at the door. When was he not giving her grief? <laughs> and when he turned around, you know, the steps down the porch? Right, right, right. He almost pulled the Jennifer. He kind of tripped a little bit, lost his footing, and he grabbed the, the, the rail and, and, and didn't fall. And my mom goes, hmm, if I was a different type of woman. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she was. Yes, she just didn't act upon the merger. Yeah, you know, there's opportunity, motive, you know. I think they would have come after her. Oh, <laughs> to show, that's a new show that's out. Why Women Kill is back with season two. Yeah, now. there's only two episodes. I'm going to wait till yeah. it's more. We're going to talk more about that later, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, maybe your mom was like that. We don't know. Mm. We don't know. Scorpio. <laughs> I know that's all about you. that. That's me. Like the crotchety old sea hag you have become. You have taken up the hobby of cursing beachgoers that obstruct your view of the water. Your vile curses range in severity from giving others second-degree sunburns to wishing a shark attack upon their poor, unfortunate souls. Oh, my God. You're really doing that shit. <laughs> Probably. I'm not much of a beachgoer to begin with. No, but, neither am I. But if I'm staying out at a house on the beach, I don't want people. I, you know, we have social anxiety. I don't want nobody on front of the no, house. No, you know what? I want to be beach. I want to be in the house on the deck, in the chair, sipping. That's what I want to do. Drink. A, and I don't want nobody a, on my beach out front. Sparkling adult beverage, and I want to be. I want to be able to look at the water. So you see, I would be a crotchety old sea. I'd be like, get off my lawn, except it would be get off my beach. I want to be like you know, like Jennifer takes her dogs to the park. And shows them the park through the window. Exactly. Well, I'm insecure. I don't, I don't <laughs> want them jumping out the window and getting hit by a car or a bicycle. Well, that tells something about you if your dog's going to want to get away from you so much that they jump, want to jump out the window. Well, it's just like my boyfriend. Do you know how many boyfriends have jumped out my car window? I thought I saw a few of them. Well, you oh, see, that's Lord. why I have automatic locks now. Talking about men, I'll talk about my man. Fucking Sagittarius. Oh. You are usually the one aiming for others as your prize. This is now time for others to hunt after your wretched soul oh. as you are swimming in the lagoon. A boat full of crazed fishermen are throwing spears and harpoons at you, intent on piercing their target. You had that man grabbed by King Kong, now you got him being harpooned in the it's sea. It's so much fun. I have oh, so much fun with yeah. that. And yeah. he listens too, doesn't he? Not Sometimes. He, he doesn't me, want him always admit he listens, but he does. He told me he listens he every week. Oh. And he hears all of this. What's he probably saving all this as evidence in case something happens yes. to him? So, yeah, yeah, so you know, probably yep. has it on a on, um, flash drive, all the whole series. <laughs> Capricorn. Oh, A.K.A. Capricorn. Yeah. That's Lance. Last summer's man dressed up as the Grim Reaper was just a warning. This year, you have donned the black cloak to reap souls amongst the crowd. It has something to do with clothes. They think it's a joke up until the moment your sharpened scythe slices throats, turning the white sands a crimson red. Wow. <laughs> nope. Like I said, it would have something to do with clothes. That's land. Oh, you know him. Yep. Always looking for a good black cloak. Yeah. Aquarius. Forget wrecking balls. You are coming in like a tsunami to destroy everything. You are pulling back all your emotions and everyone else's, just like the tide, to unleash all the force of the ocean upon them. Wipe out, blow out, and everything in between. Have a smashing good time. <laughs> 
And last, but definitely not least, if definitely we're heading to the beach, when all it's grand water, we've got Pisces. Emerging on the maritime scene with revenge on your mind and several bones <coughs> to pick apart. You have the rage of a zombie ghost sea captain, complete with eye patch, wooden leg, and a hook. Oh, Anybody oh, crosses oh. you is being taken prisoner. Uh, Hulk. Hope they are ready to walk your plank. Wow. Ah, oh, those are some great horoscopes this week. I wanted to ask a couple of something before we go to commercial. What do you guys think of the new opening music? That's new cute. Opening. How do you like my Vincent Price laugh? Devilishly <laughs> charming. Devilishly charming. Anyway, what I did is this is this is what we're going to open with from now on. But don't worry, guys. The creepy lullaby is not going away. It's going to be our closing music. So we're going to open with that opening that you heard today. And then we're going to close with the creepy lullaby. So the creepy lullaby ain't going nowhere. Anyway, um, we're going to commercial. And when we come back, we're going to do the first case of our Targeted While Out LGBTQ hate crimes, which is going to be the tragic bashing death of Matthew Shepard. Be right back. As some of y'all may remember, and if you're new to our podcast, I have another business that has finally become live on the internet. It's oh, yeah. Barry Marino's Craft Creations. I've made afghans, table runners, hats, scarves, plus more. And more coming weekly. Yes. Great thing is, we sell all holidays year-round, so you will not have to wait till that time of year to order what you would love and enjoy. Thanks to our Roz, Will, it is easy and interactive website to see what has been posted. And guess what? In the next few days, my first line of candles called Gentilly Lace. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's... Gen- Gentilly's a little part of New Orleans where we live. That's where we both live, yeah. And it will be available for purchase. And guess what? I'm also starting a seasonal line, so every season will have its own candle. So be on the lookout for our Spring Rose Candle at our website today, BarryMarinoCraftCreations.com. That's B-A-R-R-Y-M-A-R-I-N-O-C-R-A-F-T-C-R-E-A-T-O-I-T-I-O-N-S. Oh, make sure we spell it correctly, right? Dot com. (laughs) See you then. All right, we are back, and uh, we're back with our first uh, case of this month, targeted while out the LGBT hate crimes. And we're starting this week with the senseless death and bashing of Matthew Shepard. I think what we decided to call this episode, Bash to Death, or Matthew Shepard Bash to Death. Uh, This is one of the most heinous most popular gay hate crimes in history. And before we start, we'll give you a little bit of um, a background on Matthew himself. He was born December 1st, 1976. He's um, in Casper, Wyoming, and he was the first of two sons born to Judy and Dennis Shepard. His younger brother Logan was born in 1981. And they had a good group. the kids grew up pretty close. They attended uh, Crest Hill Elementary School, Dean Morgan Junior High School, 
in Natrona County High School for his freshman through junior years. And as a child, he was friendly with all his classmates. And he was targeted and teased because he was a little kid and he wasn't in the sports. But he did develop an interest in politics at an early age. So he, uh, his father got a job with uh, the Saudi Armaco oil company in the summer of 1984. And the parents subsequently resided in the Saudi Aramaco residential camp. Aramaco. That's the name of the company he worked for. In Durahan. And um, during that time, he, he attended the American school in Switzerland. He graduated from there in May of 1995. And then he participated in theater, took German and Italian, but supposedly he became fluent in both languages. And he attended Catawaba College in North Carolina and Casper College in Wyoming before settling in, De in Denver, Colorado. And he was first-year political science uh, major in the University of Wyoming. Now, he was an Episcopalian and once served as an altar boy. He was described as, by his father as an optimistic and accepting young man with a special gift of relating to almost everyone. And he was a type of person who was very approachable. So, um, in 1995, he had been raped during a high school trip to Morocco. And this caused him to experience depression and panic attacks. Well, that makes sense. Stag, the trauma, yeah. Yeah. And one of his friends feared that his depression had driven him to become involved with drugs during his time in college. Uh, multiple times he was uh, he was uh, hospitalized for clinical depression and suicidal indation. Now, uh, Matthew, uh, when he came out, he was really worried about his parents, whether they were going to accept him or not. And they did. They were very accepting just practically from the beginning. So, um, he wound up on the um, night of October 6, 1998. He was in a bar at a fireside lounge in Laramie, Wyoming. Mm -hmm. And he was approached by Aaron McKinney and Russell Henderson, and they, uh, who were also in their early 20s. Just, they were around Matthew's age. Yeah. And they pretended... To be gay and, and want to be and want to befriend him. I did, mm. There's no um, evidence that anybody had any sexual thing. I think they just wanted to be you know, like oh girlfriend kind of thing, and they just and, and they decided to give him a ride home. So they get him in the car, and they get they take him to this wooded area, and you notice this is you know that this isn't his house, and they tell him, uh, "We're not fags. You just got jacked." So they, 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 they drove to a remote uh, rural area and proceeded to rob, pistol whip, and torturing. They tied him to a barbed wire fence and left him to die after brutally beating him. And uh, many media reports contain the graphic account of the pistol whipping and the fractured skull. I saw a picture of, of him from a hospital bed. He was, he, he was brought to the hospital, and uh, he was put... Um, he was, in, he was in the coma. I saw the pictures of him in the coma, and his face was beat beyond recognition. Now, he was found the next morning. Bicyclists saw it. He thought it was, you know, it was October. They thought it was Halloween, and it was a scarecrow Halloween decoration. And the way he knows that it was a person is the tears. His face was all bloody, but the tears had cleaned the part of his face. Mm. 
where they had gone down. And so, mom and dad in Saudi Arabia, they get this this message that their son was in an accident and he's in the hospital. He's bad bad off. He said maybe not even make it. And uh, yeah, I think the hospital was in yeah. Den- it was uh, not Denver, uh, Colorado, Fort Collins. It was Fort Collins. Yeah, the body had to be yeah rushed to. Colorado. Yeah, because they had they didn't have the right kind of. Because he wasn't fully dead yet. He actually dies in the hospital. Yeah, he dies like like a few days later. But anyway, um, the two dirtbags, douchebags, and yes, that's what you are. You dirtbag, douchebag, garbage, trash. They decide they don't have enough violence, right? So they go and they pick a fight with these two Hispanic kids, and one of them really gets his ass kicked. Winds up in a hospital, a few in a room a few doors away from where Matthew is, and the parents are there too. They see their son. They said at first they said it has to be a mistake. This can't be Matthew, and the mom know this uh, something that he was wearing. Uh, it was a piece of jewelry or something, and that's how she knew he was him. Uh, and so he winds up dying. Um, at 12.53 a.m. on October 12, 1998. And that was, that was in the, what was that, that was the hospital in, what was that, Fort Collins? In, in, in Colorado. In Colorado. Yeah. So he, um, the two uh, dirtbags were arrested. First of all, they go back to their girlfriend's houses, and the girlfriends decide to cover for them. Ugh. You know. That's some messy bitches as well. Yeah, they're messy ass bitches. And then uh, after you know, because they knew they were looking for him for um, they they were first they wound up catching them anyway. How was it they caught them? It was something. Um, I think they caught them. They they caught them somehow. They had stolen his car. Or something like that. Or they had stolen the boys' car. The boys that they fight with. Yeah. And they caught them that way. And um, they were first, uh, they were charged with uh, with attempted murder, kidnapping, and aggravated robbery. But when Matthew died, it became first-degree murder. And do you know those two girls wound up getting, uh, wound up going to prison, too, for, uh, what was it, obstructing justice and, and failure to report a felony crime. And they're all crying, oh, poor me, oh, my future is ruined, boo, 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 boo. Huh. He lost his. Matthew, yeah. can't, Matthew didn't get a chance to have a future. And they, made, they and so the one girl pleaded guilty to accessory after the fact of first degree murder. Now Henderson was kind of like the follower. It was it was McKinney that was the perpetrator of all this. He's like the true. He's like the king of trash. And um, they absolutely went into the. Uh, they went to this bar to look for a gay person. To rob. Yeah, I mean it was yeah it was th- that and then, and they said they didn't mean yeah. they didn't mean to kill him. So finally they get charged with uh, one of the uh, Henderson decides he's gonna flip. He's singing like a fucking canary, so he decides to flip and turn and, and turns on his good friend McKinney, and um, so he pleads guilty to murder. Well, they took they they were looking for the death penalty. Oh, and yeah. in order to take it off the table, they had to take first-degree murder and turned it into felony murder. That way they got life in prison without parole. So he flips to get that felony murder conviction, and he gets life in prison without the possibility of parole. Uh, 
McKinney decides to go, you know, goes to trial. His dirtbag, trash face, asshole lawyer tries to use a gay panic defense. Oh, I know. Oh, he touched my leg and I was scared he was going to try something with me. Oh, my virtue, my virtue. I'll give him some virtue. You want some virtue? So, um, it didn't work, though. He only was trying to do temporary insanity. That's what the, oh, I know. He was trying all kind of crazy But it stuff. didn't work. He wound up getting, he wound up getting convicted, and the death penalty was still on the table. And it was Matthew's parents that told him to give him life in prison, don't give him the death penalty. They said, isn't going to bring Matthew back. But it was something that... And they said they didn't they want another with, family. They wrestled with that for a while, though, because... They, yeah. I mean, it was... I mean, definitely the father. Matthew's father wrestled with it. Yeah. For a while, whether or not it should have stayed the death penalty. But eventually he came around and actually... Well, it was, it was it actually... Was, it was, it was, Judy, was the, it was Judy, Judy actually Shepherd, convi- that, Yeah. Convinced... Yeah, convinced, convinced them, hey, we need, we need to remember... Have our son's memory be in a way that doesn't cause another. Yes, that's what Judy did. That, yeah. And we wanted, um, yeah, they didn't want that. They didn't want somebody dying in the memory of their son. So what we went, uh, I want, I got back up to Matthew's funeral, and this is where the Barbie girls came in. You know, I've very, I never listened to another podcast doing the same case I'm getting ready to do because I'm always afraid there's going to be some influences, and I'm sure right, right, happened because right. <laughs> I think I've said a lot of the same things that Ash and Elena said, but they said something that I loved. There, um, his funeral was being um, uh, picketed by a group that calls themselves the Westboro Baptist Church, and it was led by this really um, disgusting man named Fred Phelps, which later years came out that he was abusive and sexually abused his daughters and everything like that. And they were doing terrible, horrible things like Matt in Hell signs that said the Matt in Hell. God hates fags, all yeah. these other things. And uh, the Barber girls gave the perfect description to them. They called them hemorrhoids with legs. Ash and Elena, if you ever listen to this, hemorrhoids with la- legs, that says it all, because that's what they are. Have you ever seen Shirley Phelps, the one who runs it now, the daughter? Because Fred I, Phelps all is of dead. The whole damn thing. She looks like the yeah. Wicked Witch in the West. She looks like you want to drop a house on her. I'd love to drop a house How on perfect. her ass. And to add something to that story, they have a website called Matthew Shepherd in Hell. It is a countdown. It, it starts from when it happened, when he was murdered. And so every day is another day. So it's a calendar. What I'm trying to explain to myself, yeah. I'm doing well. It's an electronic calendar right. that, that marks each day that goes by that he's in hell, that he's been dead. Well, I'd like to ask him a question. Do you have the one for how many days Fred Phelps is in hell? Exactly. Because <laughs> I'm sure that he, if Matthew really is in hell, your dad's right in the pot next to him. That's the truth. I'm getting angry at the microphone here. This is the thing is really pissed. This is a case that really pisses well, me off. Well, I don't even want to spend much time on them, tra- like you said, those garbage people. Anyway, I don't want to spend much time on them. But what I do want to talk about is going back to the timing 
of no, I said hemorrhoids with legs. That's with Ashton Lane. Right. No, no, we, no. That was perfect. That was a perfect yeah. description. But I want to talk about the timing of Matthew Shepard's life in relation to my own eventual coming out. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. That's something. And I'm why like this is so important to my past. This happened in the fall of '98. Okay, in the spring of '98. So this would have been you know earlier that year. I actually, in a locker room, was called faggot and was beat up by several people. The lights were actually turned off, and I was pushed across the locker room into the showers in the dark and beat up. Oh, Jesus. Being called faggot. All in the name of God, probably. Who knows? Uh, still, to this day, I mean, I don't have any real idea. I might kind of know, recognize some voices around me, but I really don't know who all really beat me up. Um... Point in case, though, about a week later, I had to go to the doctor, and they had to run tests and stuff, check my kidneys. Luckily, I had a little infection, but luckily, uh, it all healed up, and everything was all right. But the trauma stayed with me, and so by the time you get to the fall, this was months later, and this Matthew Shepard thing, uh, bashing and killing happens, it throws me into the closet even deeper. Like, I was in the closet, yeah. I was even went deeper. And I didn't come out for years later. I didn't come out until, this was high school. So I didn't come out until much later once I'd gotten out of college and was like 22 years old. Yeah. And that's all because, it's all because I've seen what hate can do. Hate, yes. Both in my personal life and then seeing it on this national news, what happened to Matthew Shepard. So for, for um, you know, a young person in the 1990s, this, that, that, is LGBT? You're watching this unfold, and it was intense. Yeah, and you know what we're doing a, a show on this later. I came up in the '70s, and I can remember what that was like. It, you know, it was it was even more primitive than the night. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But yeah, but this is just—it's just the timing for me was so. You know, it, it it was so so tough, but in a way. I know it's, it's not necessarily uh, thankful, but it's um, maybe a gratitude for his spirit. Yes. And for the people that he did influence, that it, it did make it easier for a lot of us. Yes. And, you know, it, it's um, he, um, Matthew's family, they're, they're angels. Oh, that's, we, you said you didn't want to spend any more time on the garbage people, but I got to tell you what happened to them. They had some friends that called themselves the angels. And they decide. Oh yeah, we do want to talk about that. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah, go ahead. What they did is they dressed in white with, with wings and everything, and they made a circle around Westboro Baptist Church's protest so that they wouldn't. And they also showed up um, years later at the case we're going to be talking about, and then on the next episode, well, they, they had people dressed up the same way. Yeah. As the angels, but well, Matthew Shepard's angels. Yes. The, the, these uh, hemorrhoids with legs, as, as Ash and Elena called them have been protesting funerals. They protested Tammy Faye Baker's funeral. They protested all different types of things. They protested military people that were the, LGBT. They protested... Not even ones that aren't LGBT, because they, they said that the country tolerates homosexuality. What is it about homosexuality that annoys these people so much? I have this thing, though. I think the idea... And I, and I know some people are like, oh, you might be taking away from free speech on this. I really don't feel like funerals should be allowed to be picking. I think no, funerals, they should. Not. I think this should be a rule where funerals you're you have to be 
but free speech a certain mileage away or something free speech is a double edged sword it's a good thing but then sometimes you know they always say just because you can say it doesn't mean that you should but I don't exercise my free speech when I say trash, trash, trash to the Westbound Baptist Church. Well, this, this, oh, yeah, that's fine. But I'm just talking about, I think when families are in funerals, they should be given, there should be a, a certain level of space given. So what, um, what uh, Judy Shepherd did, she founded the Matthew Shepherd Foundation. Yes. And what they do is they change hearts and minds and they eliminate hate crimes. The Matthew Shepard Foundation's mission is to amplify the story of Matthew Shepard to inspire individuals, organizations, and communities to embrace the dignity and equality of all people. Their work is to extension of Matt's passion to foster for more caring and a just world. We share his story and employ with vigor for civil rights, change of hearts, minds, and others to accept everyone as they are. And. Um, there's also uh, there's speaking engagements. They do legacy works, and there's also um, a a um, a segment called Matthew's Place, which I'm seeing exactly what that is. It's a program uh, by the Matthew Shepherd Foundation. What did they do? Yeah. Oh, this is for Tran rights. Matthew's Place. Yeah, they do. So anyway, if you want to donate to the Matthew Shepherd Foundation. They, uh, uh, please mail to 808 18th Street, Suite 301, Denver, Colorado, zip code 80202. Their phone number is area code 303-830-7400. The uh, website for the Matthew Shepard uh, Foundation is matthewshepard.org. Now, you guys have anything to add to this and how you feel about this or any of this? Jennifer, what you got to say about this? I, I, you know, I'm glad justice was done and that they didn't get away with the panic, the gate panic thing. And I'm sorry that it took this at that level to really bring out gay bashing, to really put gay bashing. That just had to be such page. a heinous crime to do this. Because gay bashing has been going on for years, but since Matthew Shepard. It's become more apparent, and I think people are more aware of it. So I think the face of that is changing now. Well, it's and not she brings okay. up a great point about these panic defenses. There's still places, even though the gay panic's not getting brought up a lot, there's still people getting away with bringing up trans panic. And it's, like, pretty, you know, so I actually have a, fr I have a friend that had, I'm not, I'm not going to mention the name, but it was a friend. Um, and hopefully I don't give too much away that they'd be upset if they're listening. I'm just going to give a little bit. They lived. They were living in Houston at the time, and they had some guy they'd been seeing. I don't know if it had been an ex or whatever. Something weird happened. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to give too much information away, but um, basically the the ex or the guy beat, and this was a trans woman. She got beaten up, but for totally other reasons. But then whenever he got hard arrested he claimed the trans panic and I think they let him get away with it in Texas yeah this was Texas still and that's not that was only a couple of years ago that was yeah. not that long well, ago what gets me is these big ass and this is a general statement I apologize for it but these big ass rednecks that are out there drinking and shooting pool 
and doing what have you, <gasps> they panic because the gay guy looked at him. Yeah. Or, 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 they they find out, or they find so out that the, the woman they were getting with is trans and they beat her. Or, you know, and they don't realize what the cis females must feel like when they're approaching them, how freaked out they may be that this man's over here. Yeah. They, they don't realize that. Oh, because that's normal. You know, I want to say something. They got these people that are trying to, they don't believe that hate crime should get any kind of special consideration. And then I have one person, a Facebook friend, there was a white pizza boy, pizza delivery boy, that got murdered, robbed and murdered in a black neighborhood. And they're going like, why isn't this a hate crime? I'm going to tell you why this isn't a hate crime. This was a pizza delivery person being robbed. He would have gotten shot whether he was white, black, Asian, Hispanic, no matter what. They didn't target him because he was white. They were targeting because he had money. They targeted him because he had money. It was a crime of a profit. When you go to a gay bar and go into a gay bar and target a gay person to take them and beat them up, or you go to a black neighborhood and kidnap a black child or a black woman or whatever, the rape and murder and lynch, that's a hate crime. Yeah. That's the difference. Because so don't tell me because some white pizza boy gets shot in a black neighborhood, it's supposed to be a hate crime. That pisses me off big time. This this was Matthew. And Shepard. I'm not saying that. No, I'm not saying. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, that that boy's life didn't mean anything. Right. No. No. It's but don't say that's not a hate crime. He was there and he had money on him. That was a crime of opportunity. It was a crime of opportunity. And it was a yeah. crime of profit. Yeah. They were doing it for the money. If you go into a convenience store and it happens to be a black person working in there and they shoot him. Right, and it's the level of what is going on, too. Look at it. Like, with what happened with Matthew Shepard, if it was just to get shoes and get some money, there were two of the guys. They could restrain him, beat him up a little bit, get with him. Yeah, that's right. He stole his shoes, too. It wouldn't have needed the level of what they had done to give it was a crime of opportunity. The issue here was they claimed whatever. They claimed that they tried to present this whole thing that they were trying to get with them or make him feel comfortable that they were that they were gay as well because they were trying to coerce him so that and then the way in which they beat him and left him that in itself shows more hate and tar- targeting oh, than was, just a simple robbery they just they, they just yeah. they tortured this boy and and the stu- one of the stupid girlfriends says about her boyfriend well he doesn't like gay people much so that's the reason. To kill so that somebody. gives you that's the, the right to, kill to do somebody. that. Yeah, that's a, just, if you don't like gay people, just move on. Get out. honestly, just don't say, go to the goddamn gay bar to pick them up. Like, 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 like. If y'all remember, was Margaret, that a gay bar that like Margaret chose? I don't think it was. I think it was a straight bar that he was in. Remember what Margaret chose said in her stand-up thing about her mama and the story about whatever with the dad in college. Don't punch. <laughs> don't. I just feel like that. I, and Margaret Cho's mom was right. Don't punch. Like, if somebody gives you a compliment, just politely say, no, I'm not gay if you're not gay. My brother went into a bar because he had a lesbian best friend. He, he's, he's in his early 60s now, but he was, only, he was 20, 19, 20 at the time. And he went into the bar... 
And I think they were going to get weed or something like that. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. If you're listening, I don't, I, I'm in. Oh, weed's fairly He now. went with his friend into the gay bar for some reason. They were looking for something. I don't know. And um, a man came up to him and kept buying him drinks. And he kept drinking them. And he told him, you know, he, he, he made a pass at him. And he said, no, I'm not gay. And that was that. It was over. I said, well, you know, when you start, when somebody buys you drinks and you drink them, <laughs> that's giving them, a me- sending them a message that you may be or you maybe you can be had. So if somebody wants to buy you a drink and you're in a gay bar and you don't want to get picked up, say no. You know, like old Nancy Reagan used to say, just say no. Oh, okay. no, you did <laughs> It didn't work with drugs, but it works with other things. Yeah. So, anyway, um... Uh, okay, so now I'm going to get to our social media. Because Okay, before we go, though, I do want to give the, address, the, the um, address, phone number, and the address, phone number, and website of the Matthew Shepard Foundation. Yes. It's uh, MatthewShepard.org. And the, the address, you can send the donations if you'd like, to 818th Street, Suite 1301. 818th Street, Suite 301, Denver, Colorado, 80202. The phone number is 303-830-7400. And um, like once again I said, the uh, the website is MatthewShepherd.org. Now you can follow us on Twitter at A Shutters, on Instagram at Open Shutters Podcast. Our Facebook business page is Open Shutters, an official, uh, Open Shutters, not the official, <laughs> I'm getting a little blue, blah, 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 blah. very senior moment here, okay, where was I, official Facebook page, uh, Open Shutters, a creepy podcast, the um, Facebook group, the official page for Open Shutters, a creepy podcast, our email is openshutters at yahoo.com. Uh, Patron is www.patron.com forward slash open shutters. Did I miss anything? Uh, Matthew Shepherd Foundation, one more time, MatthewShepherd.org. So until next time, next week, we're um, actually, we, it's not even next week, it's like in two days. Yeah. We're going to be covering the Pulse Nightclub, which this Saturday, how, how many years is that, Mark? It's been five years. Five God, years this Saturday. So we're going to cover that. That's an episode that we're recording Thursday, and we're probably going to go ahead and publish it Thursday. But until then, enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. Unless you're a heroin addict, because you won't feel anything when you hit the ground. And if you want to match you shepherds, bashers, fall your ass right down into the moat. Yes, jump. <laughs> jump. The girlfriends, too, and the West take the Westboro Baptist Church with you. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a good one. Bye. 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 Bye.